Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining me tonight for the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, dating and relationship expert and founder of singleinthecity.ca. And tonight, I, I'm joined by my friend, Joan Kelly Walker. She's also co-host of the show. When she makes it, no. <laughs> Too busy, Laura, that's all. <laughs> well, you're on the show about twice a month. She's also philanthropist and TV personality. Now, if there's one thing that this year taught us, it's that distance and not being able to connect with our partners in person, depending on the circumstances, uh, it can be a challenge. How do you keep the magic going when you can't be face-to-face? And what does this mean for new relationships and dating? Our guest is no stranger to this, and she's going to be sharing her insight into how to deal with these distance solutions uh, or situations. And tonight, we're joined by Tanya Zalfi. She's the author of the new book, All Over the Map, Two Lovers, Six Continents, and A Date with Destiny. So Tanya also knows a thing or two about recreating the magic at home, especially after the holidays when we aren't able to experience things like we normally would, uh, like keeping the romance alive through the holiday season. We all know how important that is, and we want to share a little insight how you can make this work. Thanks for joining us tonight, and uh, I'm really excited, Tanya, to hear about your experiences. Thank you. Thanks for having me on as well. I look forward to our conversation. Awesome. So let's chat a bit more about your experience. You've had quite the interesting life and relationship story. Uh, So can we talk about that? In your new book, you chat about meeting the love of your life when you were working on a cruise ship. You spent eight years living on separate continents until everything finally lined up. So let's talk about, I mean, that's that's quite a, a start to a relationship. How did that shape your views on relationships? Well, I do have to say it taught me to never give up on what I believed in. I always was believing in my partner and that one day we will get there. It also taught me a lot of patience because eight years was a long time. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, but it also taught me don't ever take anything for granted. When we would see each other, we'd just live in the moment and be there and be present, you know, and, and, um, kind of also taught me perseverance and to be understanding and, you know, everybody's in their own different situations. So yeah, it's, it it was a, a long eight year ride, but we got there and we got to the end and we're not to spoil anything, but we're happily married now for 13 years. So yeah, it's been great. Well, that's how often would you see each other? Well, um, it was it was always different, but um, there was many times where we didn't see each other for two years. Whoa! Yeah. Oh yeah, my God. Breaker, we're done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I said, well, I dated a guy that lived in Ohio for three years, and yeah. we did the back and forth for two years, and then I decided after the third year, I was like, okay, he was he kept saying he's going to move here, and I knew he wouldn't, so I thought, okay, oh. I'm going to move there just to, to be in his environment, because you don't really know somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not seeing them often, like, how do you really get to know, like, what they're all about? And so when I moved down there, I learned more about him, and then I was like, okay, we are not a match. I've got to go. <laughs> it was in that last year that I really 
figured out who he was as a person where I didn't, I didn't notice those things when we saw each other every couple of weeks. You know, every, it was like once a month um, I would go there and once a month he would come here. We would drive. Yeah, it takes time. I mean, for myself and Joseph, when we first met, we did meet on the cruise ship. So right away that brought our relationship uh, we were really close and it's just a unique environment to be in. So I felt like I knew him, but it's just uh, different circumstances that happened and accidents that happened that separated us. And then he lived in Austria and I lived in Canada. And then what are we going to do? And it's the distance, right? It's hard. It is. So kudos. So were you working together on a cruise ship? Like I know there's a lot of different categories of jobs, but if you have the same job and you're together all of a sudden, like, all the time like that's a lot of togetherness it would be but we were we were working on the same cruise ship but we were in a different department so it wasn't literally 24 7 but um i was in uh the front office on the cruise ship and he was the pastry chef on the cruise ship so now a really interesting tidbit about your experience working on the cruise ship is that this was actually the same boat that scenes from the love boat were filmed on you know one of my favorite shows back then (laughs) (laughs) i know it brings back so many memories yeah and of course the setting and circumstances can affect the way that things play out did knowing this create any sort of setting that really set the scene and some magic when you met joseph like who was actually, like you said, working as a pastry chef on the boat. Well, you know, I think maybe in the back of my mind it did, Mm -hmm. but um, it was kind of funny when I first started working on a cruise ship and I was the secretary uh, to the chief purser. In my desk, I literally found a picture of Captain Steubing. And so it just kind of brought it right (laughs) to my mind. I'm like, this really is the love boat. And uh, yeah, so it, it was magical. And it was the entire setting and the extravagance and kind of living the fantasy life. And it's all airy and butterflies it seems and you know love is in the air it just is right uh when you're kind of doing that but but it the funny thing too is is that I had two different cabin mates and we all three met our significant other on that ship so we joke it was the cabin of love like it was the love boat are they married in the water yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are both married. One was um, from Italy and she married her significant other she met in and he's from Florida. They live in Florida. And another my other cabin mate was a girl, an Austrian girl, and she lives um, in London with her partner that she met on there. Wow. You know what? I still cannot get my head around this. The What you said about living on separate continents for eight years. Like I, I have a husband that travels a lot, but I mean, it, it just pales in comparison to that. So, I mean, that's got to put a strain on any relationship, let alone a blossoming relationship. And you struggle with keeping things alive, uh, you know, let alone over a distance. What did you learn about building relationships? And what things should we keep in our mind that's the most important things? Well, uh, for us, that wasn't our original plan, too, though, was to be separated for that long. It's just kind of how things had played out with us. So it definitely um, taught us that communication is key, like when we are that far apart. And back then, this is going to 
um, age myself a little bit, but when we first met, it was 1997. So it was snail mail and it was the long distance telephone calls. There was no um, technology like there is nowadays. So we really had to rely on the phone calls or send mail and just try to keep in touch that way. It was almost even before email started. So, uh, but, and another big thing was trust. Trust is huge uh, with the distance. Like, you have to be confident in your relationship. And I had to, right? I had to trust that he was doing his thing and he can go out and do whatever he wanted. And same with me. And we just always trusted each other. And, and But wasn't there, like, were you ever tempted to stray working on a boat and meeting new people every week? Wasn't there a moment where you thought, hmm, you know, this thing with Joseph may not play out, uh, and do I want to waste more time with him? Meanwhile, I could be meeting somebody else because of the temptations there. I mean, like meeting people weekly, like different people. There'd be oh, a lot of sure. eye candy coming around. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, of course, there there was always lots of different eye candy, but I don't know. There was just something always about Joseph, and I just would always keep in touch with him. And yes, I was working on different cruise ships, and at one point, I worked on a Renaissance cruises, and it took me over to Europe. And I thought, oh, this is going to get me in European waters, and I'm going to be able to meet up with Joseph, and he can come see me. I just was kind of naive that way, so I phoned him up and like, I'm in Turkey. Can you come and meet? in Greece when we go to Santorini and he's like I'm I'm working like I can't get away and I just thought he could drop everything and come see me <laughs> it, it didn't play out like that I just thought I was over in his waters that would get me closer to him but um you know uh I don't know there was just always something special about him and our relationship and and uh so I just kind of never went there uh at that point in my life I guess if you want to say how about the hanky panky? Sorry, Joan, just quickly. How about yeah. the hanky panky? Hanky panky. When, when do you have time for that on the boat? I mean, is there time? Like, are you have cabin mates? Like, how would you have sex mm-hmm. on the boat? <laughs> it's like, I'm, well, I'm, I'm in the room from this time to this time. Like, do you book? Like, <laughs> Almost, almost, but not like, I don't know. It's just kind of an unwritten rule with, I guess, who or your cabin mate or whoever you have. And the ones, you know, the one I had, she was pretty cool too. And, and it was like, okay, I'm in the cabin tonight. And if you're in the cabin tonight and Joseph's coming over, you kind of just figured you, you know, stay away for a while. Right. Okay. (laughs) But But it's it's allowed though, right? Like they know what's going on and it's not forbidden or anything. Yes, I mean that because it's with crew members. You are not allowed to fraternize with the guests. That what? is a no. No. <laughs> yes, no, there is not. If you are caught fraternizing with the guests, you are sent home, paying your own way. Like that's done deal. Yeah, there's no fraternizing with guests. Of course, you can talk and have conversations with them and have a dance with them at the disco or whatever, as long as you go back into your crew quarters at the end of the evening and that's where you are. But um, yeah, you find the time. But one interesting thing, uh, and when I worked on Princess Cruises, it was um, my first time ever working on a cruise ship. So it was just all new to me. But we had overnights in Acapulco every 10 days 
or so. And then so we would have an overnight and you could do literally whatever you wanted as long as you were back in time for your, for your shift. So, you know, some people would go out to the beach bar, they would go wherever. But one there was a one time that Joseph was like, oh, I'm going to take you out for a date. And he booked a hotel off the ship. And we went and had our alone time. I didn't even really realize that you could do that, but I just thought it was the most romantic thing. I'm like, I didn't know anybody. You're allowed to do this? Yeah. And so we had our own night out and, you know, um, spent it at a hotel and we were just back in time. Well, we almost were late because we didn't get our wake up call. We can continue this talk. And when we come back, we're going to give advice uh, to couples who've been struggling with separation for longer than they're used to. We'll be back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bilotta. Tonight, my co-host, Joan Kelly Walker, is here with me. Well, not physically, but... I'm here on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we're talking to Tanya Zaufi. She's the author of the new book, All Over the Map, Two Lovers, Six Continents, and a Date with Destiny. Welcome back to the show. So, Tanya, before the break, we were talking about romantic moments where you were able to steal away and have these really wonderful romantic memories. But, I, you know, I still keep thinking about this. You're living on separate continents for eight years. At what point did you meet his family and friends and kind of have to think, okay, this is the reality of the relationship? Like, you, you learn a lot about a person when you meet their family and friends. So when did that happen for you? Definitely. Um, when... When we got off the cruise ship, Joseph had moved to Canada. We did get off the cruise ship at separate times. And I kind of wondered, is it really going to happen? I mean, he's from Austria and I'm from Canada. Is he really going to move to Canada? He went home to Austria, packed up his stuff, booked a one-way ticket to Canada and came to Canada. And uh, he ended up meeting my mom. My dad was out of town at the time, my mom and two of my sisters. And uh, so he kind of met them right away. However, how I stated in the book, he was here for eight days. We decided to go on a camping trip and he got in an accident and broke his jaw. And yeah, yes. And so that's what propelled everything. It changed our destiny and it pretty much sent him home. So he was in Canada for a month and it was like, well, this is probably going to cost us too much because there was things that needed to be done. And he had to go back home to Austria, which, uh, which he did. So that kind of separated us. And that was the beginning of the separation, if you want to say. So then it, uh, I didn't end up meeting his family for Two years after that, he flew me to Austria for my birthday and took me to Venice and did all the magical things. And that's when I met his parents for the first time and his brother, um, which was a wonderful experience. However, they don't speak English. They speak German or an Austrian slang. So that was a whole new thing, too. But he's an amazing translator and we could have our conversation and such like that. But it was an interesting dynamic for sure. Nice. Now, this year's been anything but ordinary. I think we all know that. Uh, a lot of couples, they found themselves separated without opportunities to to meet up for long periods of time, especially if they already live far away from each other. What advice can we give to other couples who have been dealing with separation for longer than they're used to, 
and I can weigh in on some of this as well. Well, know that it is temporary. The mm-hmm. suffering. Yes. Like it's, yeah, you have to, it will come to an end, you know, you'll get through it. And then when you have your reunion, it's going to be that much sweeter. Like just know that. And sometimes it's like the distance is just a test on how far love can travel. It can travel far, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and how about yeah, like you, spicing things up virtually? That's something that you actually didn't have to do because when you guys got together, <laughs> there was no such thing as virtual. <laughs> that's right. Using MS DOS back then. It is true. However, near the end of our relationship, there was MSN Messenger that would come up, and I could have a. I had a um, cam. No, he. Yeah, I had a camera, and I could see him, but he couldn't see me. Oh. <laughs> so, so he had the camera. But anyways, which it, it just brings that connection that much closer, right? You know. But um, definitely lean on the technology, right? Send the playful texts and the sexy texts and, you know, do that sort of a thing and have your good morning Zoom calls or good you evening. You have sex virtually too. You certainly can. That's true as well. <laughs> you know, you have to be able to fit your needs and desires, especially if you're living however far apart you may be. And then, right. And then after it's just going to be the same thing. It's temporary. And then it's going to be as I said, that much sweeter when you do see each other in person. So it kind of just brings your brings you that much closer together is how I is how I felt. And what about you, Laura? How would you weigh in on this? Well, you, you know, distance relationship for three years. I, yeah, I did, and I think that one of the things uh, that was important was we didn't wait for issues to to fester into like these full blown problems before we addressed them. Um, we didn't, you know, we didn't wait until things got horrible in our relationship to try to repair them. So, you know, we would try to nip things in the bud as things would happen along the journey. So when something happened, you know, we addressed it quickly to avoid bringing up something that, you know, just to avoid bringing up something down the road that happened six months ago. And that really worked for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And also, if I can give any sort of advice as well, is to to not lose sight of who you are and, mm-hmm. and to not stop living your own life. So don't allow the long-distance relationship consume your entire life, right? So it's like, I, it's like if I'm sitting there, like, waiting for somebody to call, so I'm sitting in my home, I'm not doing what I have to do to take care of my own needs because I'm waiting for them all the time. I mean, that's just a no-no. So you want to that's avoid true. that. So live your own life. That's true. That was one thing that me and Joseph always said, because we knew we were that far apart. It was like, if you just be honest, if you meet somebody else, just let me know. Like if we knew the chances of that could possibly happen. Right. But uh, just be honest and and let the other person know. And Joan, how about yourself? Because Don, well, he's not traveling right now, but he was traveling a lot. Like and, and sometimes for weeks on end, you wouldn't see him. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, but it's like what you just said, Tanya, about, you know, be respectful and be honest. Like, I'd rather know if he had met somebody else, because that would mean that it's clearly not working and that, you know, it's time for us to do something else. But I think that's important. And like, Laura, what you said about, you know, don't wait around for them. But if someone says they're going to call 
at six o'clock, then call at six o'clock. Like it's so annoying when people don't. And I, I'm thinking about this old boyfriend that I had and every Friday, like, I don't know how many times I fell for this, but he, and Laura, you probably heard me tell this story before <laughs> six o'clock on Friday night. He'd say, okay, I'll pick you up after work. We'll go out. So I'd get all ready and I'd be all excited. And then, and then he'd call at like seven o'clock and say, Oh, sorry, I was just delayed a bit. I'll be right there. Mm. And then by eight o'clock mm. I'd be like peeling off my false eyelashes. And by 10 o'clock I'd be in bed. And it's like, he just want, wanted, I don't know what was going on in his brain and just wanted me to stay home. And he wanted to go out with the guys, but like, it's so bizarre. So I think as long as you're honest and respectful, but you also have to be able to read, are they being honest and respectful? And there's That's another true. example. I can't help but think about um, a woman living in Canada, dating a Canadian guy for a couple of years. And it turns out that she lives on another continent, like half the time with her work. And she has a whole other situation over there. And we oh, were no. all like shocked. Yeah, but like that sort of thing happens. Yeah. 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 I and I dated a guy once similar to what you're saying, Joan. He was a fireman. Mm. And he was late for every one of our dates. I'm not talking 10 minutes. I'm okay with that because I'm usually yeah. about five or 10 minutes late. So that doesn't bother me. But when you're an hour late, you're two hours late, yeah. and then you'd show up. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I gave him all these chances, and then I would be like, okay, we're done here. And then he'd come back. Sorry, I won't do it again. And then he did it again. I could, it did it again and again. And until the fourth time, I was like, we're done. And I... Because I asked him this question. I said, you're a fireman. How are you able to be late at work? He goes, oh, I'm never late for work. Oh. I said, oh, you're not, are you? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't value my time. We're done. That's, that's <laughs> right. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. It took yeah. them years to get over me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Oh, geez. Um, so the idea of distance has come up in another strange way this year, meeting new people and dating. Like we've been forced to get a little creative when it comes to being single and trying to date. I don't know what you guys think, and I'm going to tell you what I think. (laughs) Well, I feel like you're going to get, uh, you need to have the communication. Communication is key. And then you're kind of building your friendship first, and then you're kind of going past the romance and lust. And so in the long run, I feel like it would be better for your relationship because at the end of the day, we all just want our best friend. I take it as a positive thing. And then you can learn more about the person. Mm. See, you know, and I have girlfriends that are in the middle of this and they tell me that they're meeting a lot of people that just want to jump right into a relationship because they don't want to be alone. And Mm -hmm. so they are not taking that time to do their due diligence. So it's, you know, she's like, I've got to like deflect people all the time because I I feel like they're just not ready or willing to take the time that needs to like solidify a relationship before they get physical. But once you have a commitment from somebody, then assuming if you're quarantining, you would be able to see that person. Right. So people are sort of uh, rushing things right now because of COVID. See, See, what's happening is singles are building emotional intimacy and really getting mm-hmm. to know each other from the inside out and not just mm-hmm. the outside in. I mean, these are the things that I'm seeing. And if yeah. you're looking for a long-term relationship, you need that emotional connection. And restraining from sex allows couples to focus on the emotional aspects of their relationship. Having sex with someone doesn't just poof, you know, magically create an intimate emotional bond with somebody. And I personally think you have a better chance of making good decisions in dating 
when you haven't become sexually involved with the person that you're dating. Sex can really cloud your judgment where you become entangled in a sexual relationship before learning if you're even compatible with this person. Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening right now. And I like For it. Sure. I mean, I hate For COVID, sure. but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree about the emotional connection. For sure. It's great, right? Builds your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think for the time you got to really rely heavily on your intuition and your feelings Mm -hmm. and, you know, even before you get physical with them, just having like a in-person contact so you can get that intuitive feeling of, you know, how am I with this person? What is this person like? I think you even get along like, like, like this happened to me recently. I was dating someone. I didn't have sex with them, but, you know, I I wanted to make sure that we were going to get along. And then, of course, it didn't work out after a month. He just disappeared because I said, I told him I didn't really miss him yet because I didn't know him that well. And he disappeared. So I'm thinking, so if I would have started having sex with you and, like, I can just oh, no. make one little thing and you disappear, well, I just dodged a bullet there. So yeah, I'm you so did. happy. Yeah. I'm, my standards are my standards, and I'm sticking to them. Yeah. It's true. And to be honest mm-hmm. about that. It, I was yeah. from the That's beginning. I wanted to hear and so that upset him, but you have to be honest. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, we need to wrap up, though. Uh, we need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to keep things exciting and hold their attention when online dating. We'll be back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're listening to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm your host, Laura Bilotta, with my co-host, Joan Kelly Walker, philanthropist and TV personality. And Tanya Zelfi, she's the author of the new book, All Over the Map, Two Lovers, Six Continents, and A Date with Destiny. I like saying that. I don't know why. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds uh, like a movie talk- title. <laughs> yeah. It we're should talking- be. <laughs> How to Keep the Magic and Spark Alive in a Long-Distance Relationship. And uh, later on in the show, Tanya's going to be offering tips on how to recreate the magic at home to keep the romance in your relationship alive. Continuing on with online dating. Now, keeping things fresh and exciting. Uh, It's not always easy to keep someone's interest, and um, they can lose track of things. You guys can lose track of things over time. Now, when you're in the beginning stages of getting to know someone online, how can you keep things exciting and hold their attention? Do you guys know, or is this something that I'm going to have to tell you? Well, you know, I'm not online dating, but I would imagine that you have to, I mean, we talked about this, you have to use all the tools available, like all, Mm -hmm. you know, your video chats and your face, like all that stuff, I think. But also, you know, you have to have content. Like if you're on the phone with somebody and they don't have anything to say, that's boring. Like you have to, you have to bring it. If you're going to be there, bring it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. Well, it's, and like we were saying nowadays, it's, it's great. You can lean on the technology. So, and have those conversations. And like you said, bring it when you're having the conversation, but at the same time, sometimes depends on how new, or if you've been in the relationship for a little while, go back into some of the old fashioned gestures and send them some mail, some snail mail. I love the mail. Yeah. 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 Or flower, like a flower. Like it doesn't have to be a big expensive bouquet, just something thoughtful like that. Mm -hmm. Like one long stem rose. Yeah. The best. Yeah. 
Love now, it. When you're, and when you're meeting somebody for the first time, um, or and you're just learning about somebody and you're starting to video chat with them, you got to treat it like a real date. So you want, before hopping on the call, you want to skim over their profile. You might mm-hmm. even, you know, jot things down, like a, create like a cheat sheet of hobbies and topics that are interest mm-hmm. to the both of you. Um, mm-hmm. Come up with a few questions that you can ask your match based on their profile. This is going to really help keep the conversation flowing. And But, you know, you want to make sure that you ask questions at a natural spot in the conversation. You don't want it to seem like you're interviewing them. And then write down a, a few key things that you you love about yourself, like maybe your job, some of the things that you love doing. That way, if your mind blanks, you can just, you know, look at that list and don't rehearse anything. I mean, you can just look away naturally, right? You might be looking at something. And appearance matters, ladies, right? Appearance yes. matters. Yeah. Dress up for the occasion. Yeah, even for Zoom calls, even for business. Like, you have to. It's like, true. at least, you know, put, like, business on the top and wear your track pants on the bottom. <laughs> No, but wait, and people say that, wear your track pants on the bottom, but I don't believe that because what if somebody just asks you to stand up like, and they're entitled to, because at the end of the day, it's like you're shopping for a mate and people like what they like. So if someone says, oh, do you mind standing up? What are you going to say? No. And then they're going to think, well, what are you hiding? Right? (laughs) So just, you have to be, hey, listen, I'm Would some people be offended by that? They might. But it might happen. Like, listen, I have nothing to hide. So if someone said to me, can you stand up? I would stand up. I would show them what I would. Have you asked the guy to stand up? I would. Have you? I haven't. But... um, no, I haven't, but I, but I may, like, I don't know. I, I may, I, can, I don't want to waste time. See, that's the yeah. issue with online dating is people, I had a date last night, you know, and this guy, mm-hmm. did he look like his pictures? Kind of. He resembled mm-hmm. them. Did he look mm-hmm. exactly like his pictures? No. Was I so little why, was he using, when I like, really yeah. old pictures? I think so, but they didn't see, he told me they weren't very old or just different angles uh, anyway, mm-hmm. I I wanted to video chat with him, and he wasn't on board with it. And so I thought, okay, I'll oh. take a risk. But nowadays, it's great because if you hop on a video call, it, it really gives you a, gr- a great indication mm-hmm. of what someone's like. It really does. Like I've, I've, Oh, for sure. Every time I've hopped on a video call and then went to meet them, they were the person that I saw on video. So, mm-hmm. it, and, mm-hmm. yeah. so it does eliminate a lot of that waste of time for sure. You and you get to see get them in their own glimpse. environment, too. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. You get a little glimpse of their, mm-hmm. you know, what's their setup. Are they set up, like, one set up in front of their desk, or are they walking mm-hmm. casually around their house, and you get to kind of see, like, is their house really messy or clean, or, mm-hmm. you know, those things matter, too. I wouldn't show people yeah. that, but <laughs> <laughs> I have I have done that before. You know where you, what's that, um, where it's pointing at you, and then all of a sudden you point it, outwards and I'm like oh don't do that (laughs) that's a little messy right now Uh, but you know what angles are everything too if you're using the lighting lighting's everything yeah lighting make sure I mean natural light's the best but if you can't if you don't have natural light especially at night you want to you want to make sure that the room is well lit but you want to try to position your body or your laptop so that it aligns with your eyes um, mm-hmm. So that when you're chatting, you know you want to look directly at the camera. You want you you want to avoid having the camera positioned too high or below your face and angled up, 
as that. Yeah, otherwise, you're looking down, you get that body to appear. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so true. Yeah, and do it, and you know what? And I do that. Like I, if before I do a video call with someone, I will just take my own camera. I will point it to myself. And I'll look at myself and go, okay, this is what the lighting's like right now. This is the angle. And then I'll go, okay, I'm ready for a WhatsApp call. There we go. <laughs> but do you, like, do you want to date a guy that has a big ring light and a big setup to make themselves no, really, no, no. really beautiful? <laughs> I don't, I don't no. know. I don't know, but he should, the, the room should be well lit, whether it's like lights coming from above, but not a ring light. <laughs> you want to be able to see them. Joan, you're funny. <laughs> I don't know. I just have visions of it. Okay. So Laura, what's, what are big deal breakers like the flag for you in their profile? Um, when they speak negatively, what they, like they have a list mm. of what they don't want. Mm-hmm. When, when they don't, yeah, when they don't write anything about themselves, and I think we need to take a break. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about learning that compromise, sacrifice, and patience are always the key to building a better relationship that works and lasts. Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. This is the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta with Joan Kelly Walker tonight. And Tanya Zaufi, she's the author of the new book, All Over the Map, Two Lovers, Six Continents, and a Date with Destiny. She's in uh, with studio with us, and well, not really, but virtually. And we're offering tips on how to recreate the magic at home to keep the romance in your relationship alive. That's coming up shortly. Uh, but right now, um, we want to talk about... You know, through your experiences, Tanya, you've learned that compromise, sacrifice, and patience are the keys to building a better relationship that works and lasts. How important do you think that these are right now? So how can we keep these in mind while building a new relationship? I think that they're key points to a relationship. Like for compromise, be fair about it. If you ask your partner to give something up, then be prepared to offer something back. And then with sacrifice, it's like your sacrifices support your partner in a positive way and really make your relationship that much more powerful and dynamic. So, and patience, of course, is wonderful thing. I mean, you have to be patient and it just builds on that unconditional love. So I feel like right now, especially in these times, that those are key points and they stand the test of time. Tanya, can I ask about your book? What would you say is the key message that you want to leave with people after they read your book? That is definitely the key message Um, with my book all over the map. It's really a reminder that compromise, sacrifice, and patience are the keys to everlasting love and also to never give up on something you believe in. Go for it and dream big. Right. And I, I just want to ask you guys something. So this person that I had mentioned that I was dating and then he just disappeared or whatever. You know, oh. if somebody's going to do that to you, Laura, I think maybe you just dodged a bullet. Yeah, no kidding. Especially if you're honest with them. 
Yeah. So, so uh, when I was, I was uh, sorry for those who don't really know what's going on. I was just dating someone, and they they kind of disappeared because um, I told them I was honest with them and saying that I I didn't really miss them quite yet. It's only been a month. Like we only dated for about a month. And um, the one thing he did say before he disappeared, because I kept talking about how communication was so important in a relationship, and he's like, well, no, it's not, because he thinks that. At, at our age, that the spiritual alignment is solely what creates a relationship and partnership. So as long as you're spiritually aligned, then everything else will fall into place. Which I said no. I think sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think as it as you were saying, you probably dodged a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, if you yeah. find someone else that has that same belief, then maybe that'll yeah. be their match made in heaven. But, you know, you That's do. Great. Sure, sure. I mean, I totally believe that having a spiritual alignment is important, but you have to have a few other elements too, like honesty and listening and understanding. And, and you know, he should have asked, why do you feel that way? Why do you not miss me you know maybe you could have explained like I do look forward to seeing you but like he didn't really give you that opportunity no I didn't get the opportunity I just got that where you know if you're spiritually aligned or whatever then basically the the relationship will fall into place I'm like okay so what about like having the same value system how about having mm-hmm. the same morals how about mm-hmm. the same goals and interests and like well interest not so much but well to some extent but there are other elements that you know make a relationship great not just like are you spiritually aligned in other words that's a guy saying as long as we're good in bed <laughs> we're mm-hmm. spiritually aligned and everything will be okay no, yeah and that's not like how that. it works it doesn't work like that no mm. Now, okay, so even if we're not able to get out to enjoy all of the holiday traditions that we normally can right now, we can still bring this feeling home. So, Tanya, what are some of your favorite activities and new traditions that we can try to make that romantic Christmas magic happen at home? Well, I feel like this year seems to be the year to go a little overboard with decorations. Mm -hmm. I mean... Right? Like, bring the magic to you, right? String your Christmas lights in your bedroom and around the house and put a little extra little flare in it and um, do more things together because that's what's happening right now. So wrap your presents together and and make it a fun evening, you know, have some hot toddies with it and and have fun and, and be playful at the same time. Right. If it's snowing where you are, go build a snowman together and have fun. Or if you're at the beach, build a sandcastle and just it's okay to be silly sometimes, too, and be lighthearted because it it is the time where it's kind of there's heavy things. And so bring on the fun, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, you know. I live on a a property where you can't see the house from the road and, you know, we're not really having guests over or anything. So like I'm decorating, I've got all the outside lights on, I'm, you know, I've had help with all of this. I've got three trees in the house. I've got my stair garland. I've, I've got all this stuff all over the place and I'm doing it for me, for me, my mm-hmm. husband, my kids. And it mm-hmm. just makes me happy. Otherwise mm-hmm. every day would just see, just roll into the next day, the next day, the next day. And then this whole COVID thing is just a blur. So I find it helps define okay. things. And even if you're going to sit down with your partner, just watch a movie or something like make it nice, have a nice, you know, a drink or something, have popcorn, like do something and mm-hmm. so that you look forward to those little moments. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. Definitely. So, see, I've been torn about decorating this year because last year I decorated. Mm-hmm. I just moved into this place, and I didn't really get many visitors. But this year, like, how many visitors am I going to be able to have? Like, And I feel like it'll be it's just so much work going into decorating, and then I have to take everything down, and then i got to bring mm-hmm. a tree in. And it's like, do I want to do that? Um, mm-hmm. But you know what? You just shed some, some light on it, Joan. So. Maybe. Need a tree. Get a tree. Can you bring and one when light. you come to my house this week? No. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll see. take a little one. No, I'm just kidding. Can I'll you cut see. one? Cut one down from your backyard. Okay. <laughs> Even put up some small things around though. If you don't want to do the whole thing, do some things and string yeah. some lights. Oh, and I have a bring out the mood. Oh, I, you know what? You're right. I'm going to do that. I'm actually, Jones, yeah. we're doing a, a photo shoot this week. So maybe at the end of that, I'll start putting up my de- Christmas decorations. Yeah. But yeah, or yeah. Just one beautiful urn outside. Like we have, believe it or not, we have 12 urns, like big urns all around the whole house. And so I decorated them all. Normally, I just hire somebody to do that. But this year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I, I have loved a- it. I and loved that's it. amazing. But you have yeah. a full house. Yeah, but you know what? These urns, now that I look at other people's urns, my urns probably aren't that great, but that's okay. I did them, and nobody's coming to see them anyway. I'm sure but they I are. Like I did it. I'm oh, sure they are. Well, that's it for today's show, guys. Tanya, where can people get a hold of you, and uh, where can they learn more about your book? Right now, Amazon or Indigo has it at some stores, but Amazon would be the best way to order the book. You can also find me on Instagram under at tanya.zoffy. So all over the map, two lovers, six continents, and a date with destiny is your book. Joan, where where can people get a hold of you? At Joan Kelly Walker, official on Instagram and joankellywalker.com. And singleinthecity.ca for myself, official Laura Bellotta on Instagram, and the dating and relationship show on Instagram as well. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have a great week. Until next week, ciao.